But one thing I had to tell myself is the moment I lack or I feel myself with doubt, I'm sometimes taking away from that opportunity. And that's something I had to learn because when you take away from your opportunities, you're taking away from them. No one else is. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Twin Talks Time. And today, your host to be Daniela. And I'm excited to be talking to you about self-belief and imposter syndrome. So really, I'm just excited to talk about this episode because I know a lot of people deal with doubts. They have a hard time believing in themselves and their abilities. Even if they know they're very courageous and they're brave, they're sometimes afraid to push themselves forward just because of um, the fear of failure or just not knowing how to go about that feeling that comes over you sometimes when you're about to do something big. What really inspired me to do this episode is I just spent my summer at the LPGA, which is the Ladies Professional Golf Association. I had a good summer internship. I'm a Forbes Under 30 scholar now. I've attended lots of conferences. I was voted as one of the top 100 interns of the year. So I'm not saying this to brag or to talk about what I've done. But what tends to happen is when you talk about your achievements and everything you're going through, people tend to magnify on that and celebrate it. But often your failures, are forgotten or people don't talk about them. So I'm just going to be talking a little bit about the different ways and steps I look at my life to evaluate how I'm doing and how I continue to get over the boundaries of self-doubt. So first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about my background in terms of growing up was I always confident. A lot of people tend to doubt it when I tell them I used to be very shy. Now I'm more confident. I start conversations. I'm very assertive in some situations. So when I tell people that I struggled with being out there, they tend to doubt me. I think it's more about talking about the journey. So I think growing up in Zimbabwe, which is where I grew up with my twin sister and my family, it was a volatile economy. And I think what tends to happen is if you come from a third world country, as they like to say, um, you tend to struggle with that feeling of constantly wanting to make your family proud, doing the best you can. With social media these days, we all want to be entrepreneurs, we want to start up, we want to be part of the Fortune 500. We all just want to do something amazing, but we're not ready to put those steps forward or we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. So I say this because these are things that I deal with myself and I still have to check myself when I do compare myself to other people. I have to stop and think, no, my journey is not the same as theirs and that's not who I even want to be. So one thing that I learned specifically from a mentor of mine at school was one day I was talking to her about success and how sometimes I really struggle because I don't know if I'm going to be successful and who I want to be. And what's funny to me is she asked me what I define success as. And you know what happened is I literally stopped and I almost laughed because I thought to myself, I've never actually taken time to redefine what success is in a very realistic way. A lot of us tend to define success as rich or financially free or being able to satisfy other people. But that is not really directly related to how you feel. So when I was describing what success would be, I kept stopping myself because I thought, okay, it's not happiness because happiness is short bursts. It should be joy, which is finding peace and happiness in in every moment, whether it's good or bad. So I've just been looking at my life in general, what I want to describe happiness as, and that's made all the difference because now I know what situations I am grateful for. I know the people I'm grateful for, but I'm also very aware of when I'm not happy, it's just looking at how do I overcome those boundaries. So another thing I want to talk about is the way people talk to you and 
how they I guess compliment you. A lot of discussions I've had with them at my internship or my job or at my school, a lot of people will tell me I'm smart, I'm ahead, I'm focused, I'm driven. And I love these compliments. But sometimes I find them very difficult because I feel like it puts more pressure on me. And one thing I learned is that a lot of times it's about perception. So I realized that when people told me these things, it wasn't a case of me thinking, oh no, they just said this, which means I need to be this in a few years or this is so much pressure. I think sometimes take the compliments and it just it's a good thing to know that people see so much in you. Because if they didn't, then it would also be a bad thing. But I think it's about perception. And one thing that I've had to change is my perception on different things. Knowing that um, this person really cares about me, which is why they're saying this. Or this person sees something in me they haven't seen in other people. So love those compliments and never take it as a bad thing. But another thing that has really helped my mindset is I've been reading this book called Brave Not Perfect, which is by Reshma Saljani. She's the CEO and founder of Girls Who Code. So she just started basically a tech company for women in STEM, which is really something that's big right now because there aren't lots of women in STEM. In this book, she really dissects why women struggle with confidence and perception because we kind of have a socially prescribed perfectionism. So I'm going to say that again, a socially prescribed perfectionism. From the moment we're growing up, we're taught to be perfect or we're taught to almost have everything together or women are always constantly told that they don't do well together so we see each other as competition that's just something i think that is so popular in every society or culture that we grow up in which is why we struggle with self-belief is because we're constantly comparing ourselves to the next woman instead of seeing her as someone who's a mentor to me or someone who i could be alongside so instead of seeing other women as your competition or competitors really see them as your sisters and your mentors or someone you could reach out to for help. Also, being an athlete, I think self-belief is a big thing you have to learn. I know for a fact, playing golf, having played tennis, swimming, hockey, field hockey specifically, there are moments when you have to be confident and assertive when you play sports, or else you almost limit yourself. Specifically in golf, I think anyone who plays golf knows this. The moment you have an ounce of doubt, you're limiting your execution completely and one thing i really discovered this summer is i was working i went to the lpga leadership academy in california throughout this whole process we had moments when we shared with the girls about leadership and how to be confident and one thing we emphasized was celebrating yourself this is something we often don't do so one thing i want everyone to put into perspective is when you make a mistake and you do something wrong for example we're so hard on ourselves when we do something wrong. And I want to know if you put this that same energy in celebrating yourself. And for most people, it's no, because we don't know how to celebrate ourselves or we don't think it's worth it or important or actually we have a hard time being proud of ourselves. And I think I even realized that when you're working maybe in a male-dominated field or in sports, you're trying to be humble, but sometimes you're actually not even being confident or proud of yourself or acknowledging your success because you're so used to just looking at failure and thinking, I did this wrong, but you never want to tell yourself you did something right. So one small thing I want to emphasize to everyone, specifically female people and my female listeners, is that you have to celebrate yourself. Small things, big things, whether it's that you went to work out, you had a healthy meal, you took care of yourself, you had self-care time. It's all small steps towards progress. And I think that's one step where we fail. I realized when I set my goals, I now know that I don't just set the end goal. I set the end goal and the different steps I need to get there. 
So, for example, if you have a goal to maybe, let's say, lose weight, because this is the easiest one to dissect, um, you want to lose 10 pounds maybe in two months. So you need to look at, okay, how am I, what meals am I going to have? What days am I going to decide that this, these two days I can have maybe my favorite guilty pleasure? How many days am I going to work out? What is my rest going to look like? What is my recovery? How much sleep do I plan to get? Those are the small things you need to dissect because if you just have a goal with no plan, you know, there's this common saying that says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So definitely dissect your goals, look at the end goal and celebrate the small steps. So for example, if you celebrate the small steps, you can celebrate the small things like you worked out four out of the seven days of the week. And that is already progress towards your goal because once you know you're meeting your goals, you're measuring your progress, you know you're getting somewhere and you're not just somewhere small. Then if we let's say if we look at another goal like academically for college students, a GPA of three point eight, let's say you average three point six. So you look at what did I not do last semester or where did I slack? Or could I improve? So maybe your end goal would be a 3.85 GPA. I plan to commit to all my assignments, not to use my phone in class so you can optimize uh, your listening and concentration. So when you're looking at self-belief, you really have to look at those small steps and what can help you get where you need to be. One thing I definitely want to go back to is events and talking to people. So I've been mentioned in my pastime when I was younger, I definitely was shy and having those conversations Talking to people and reaching out first was something I never did. Over the past eight months, I've been to lots of networking events, career events. I've been to over eight. And there's something I learned looking at the first one to where I am now. My very first networking event, I was told I needed an elevator pitch. I kind of practiced it, but I wasn't very confident in it. And I felt like it almost sounded very salesy. Yeah, I would just really thought, what was the point of it? Obviously, eight months later, I definitely know the difference. I know the importance of it. But now I will gladly walk over to someone and ask them who they are, what they do, you know, what their main focus is for the event. So I'm comfortable asking those questions now, which is a confidence I didn't have before. But that just came from challenging myself and being more comfortable in those environments. So, for example, one thing you can start off with, my very first networking event was in November last year. I went to a careers and golf networking event in South Carolina. It was such a small event. It was very easy to start talking to those professionals because they were from the PG of America, Golf Channel, Buffalo Agency. And as I kept talking to them, I realized I learned a few things about the right questions to ask, how to be fully prepared, because if you're not fully prepared, you might leave with a question that you might have needed answered there, keeping those business cards, networking with people. But the main thing is, being someone worth having a conversation with. And how do you make that distinction? I think it's by asking the right questions and being confident. And it's, of course, it comes with time, which is one reason why you need to practice and go to as many events as possible. I can gladly say when you go to as many events that are specifically directed to your interests, you constantly meet some of the same people all the time or the same companies. And that way, when you meet the same people, they know you're interested, they remember your name, you stay in touch, and that's how you get opportunities offered to you instead of constantly seeking them. And seeking them is not a bad thing. But once you get to the level where people offer opportunities to you, you have done something different that probably more than 80% of people do not do. So your application stand out. You already know of when they think of an opportunity, you might be the first name they think of. And once you do that, wow, that's money right there. So I just want to refer back to the book I mentioned earlier, which is Brave Not Perfect by Reshma Saljani. 
And she mentions this quote, bravery is not the absence of failure, but acting in the face of it. She mentions bravery is not the absence of failure, but acting in the face of it. One thing I love to do, I tell people this all the time, is sometimes when things scare me, it's the right moment to, you know, take the plunge and do it. One thing I'll mention, for example, skydiving. I'm not actually afraid of heights, so this wasn't a bold move for me. But I remember like two seconds before we jumped, I really was nervous and I was scared, but that's how I knew it was time. I think that's one thing that lots of people struggle with, like myself, is how do you know when it's time to do something? And most of the time, you won't. Most of the time, you won't know. Like every time I submitted applications for internships, I did not know if I was going to get an email back. I didn't know if they were going to accept me. I didn't know if it was going to be worth it. When I go to events, I don't have the idea that I'm going to be hired or people will find me worth hiring. When I play golf tournaments, I don't have the assurance that I'll play well, but it's the fact that I'm willing to put myself in that situation and challenge myself. That's one thing I say all the time is be willing to challenge yourself. I think I'll even talk about starting a podcast. You will have those ideas and doubts that no one will listen, that it will just fail that it's not worth it. But I think that's where passion comes into play. So self-belief comes with everything that you do, whether it's something you're used to doing, something you've done for years. I've played golf for about four or five years now. And really, I still have doubts, even as practice, that my execution will be as good as I want it to be. And that comes with being an athlete, that comes with being a singer, that comes with being an entertainer. So I think one thing people forget is self-doubt will come with every single thing you do. Part of the imposter syndrome is part of being afraid. But I think one thing I've heard from someone successful, and I can't remember who it is right now, is that sometimes when you actually have that bit of fear, you know it's the right move to make. So I just want to give you guys some more situations where I've overcome self-doubt or I've had to use more self-belief. Just to put it into perspective, so I'll give an example. is when I first started playing golf tournaments, even until now, some days I feel like I'm almost going to be sick before we play. Like in terms of either your, you know when you have like a feeling of your stomach just feels strange or you just don't feel good. And that's one thing I've had to tell myself is that the more worry and fear I have before I play, not only can I possibly play worse, but it's not helpful for myself. So I think one big question you have to ask yourself is, is it helpful? Is it going to make the situation better? And most likely, if it's going to make the situation worse, find a way that you can reverse this feeling. So one thing I do tell myself is how, although feelings are normal, there's certain feelings that should feel better when you play. So, so feeling happy, feeling good about the experience, and definitely feeling like you're about to challenge yourself, which is always a good thing. And the second thing I want to talk about is speaking engagements. I did not start out very confident in my speaking. I used to be very nervous. In fact, sometimes, you know, when you're new to speaking, you speak so fast and you're shaking and it's just so obvious. So one thing for sure, this is so obvious and so common, is take a deep breath. If you're doing a group presentation and you have six people with you and you're the fourth speaker, throughout it, take deep breaths. So not visible, but just like tell yourself to be calm, tell yourself you got it, and tell yourself you're capable. Like, that's one thing I do. It's so practical. It sounds so silly, but these small things work because your mind is your only limitation. So one thing I've also done is practicing. I do debates in public speaking. I do presentations. And the funny thing about debating public speaking was I did debate in high school, but I never participated in a debate. I was just there for moral support, to learn, 
But I was just not courageous enough to try. And that's an example of when you let self-doubt take over your life to the point that you won't try, you're limiting yourself so much. And I did a debate recently. It went really well. And me and my partner won that overall round. We made it to the finals, won the finals. So that's just an example of you can develop a craft, but if you don't decide to challenge yourself and do the craft, it's almost like you didn't do it at all, failing to try. So um, one thing for sure is I've taken on presentations in class. I have been a panelist for a college golf panel, which was pretty easy because it's talking about my experience. I've also been a panelist for an international student voices event, which is also something I love because I love exploring culture, explaining where I come from, and just speaking more about Zimbabwe in my background. Then also one thing that I want to mention, if you want to be sure or find out what you look like when you present, Record yourself. It sounds cringe. A lot of people don't like to hear themselves, watch themselves. That's the only way you get better because you notice either your small, the small things you do because you're nervous, maybe like nervous ticks, or you also identify the arms, the eyes, the likes. Those are the small ways that you get better. Such as with a podcast. Like when you look at most people who have a podcast, the very first few episodes might be rough. The sound quality wasn't great. And as it, as it progresses, you learn a few things about how to edit better, how to do better, what you should say in place of other things, your interview style gets better. It's all progress. And that's just how you get better. Another quote I really love from this book, and I keep quoting this book because it completely shifted my world. I think as women for so long, you hear about how we constantly hear about the pay gap, we hear about problems with diversity, we hear about how we fail and how we fail to get along. But reading this book and hearing how sometimes as society we have failed the development of women and sometimes as women we have failed each other, it's so interesting. And it's such an easy read, so I fully recommend it. But one thing I definitely want to talk about is the quote that says, When fear of failure is overtaken by the fear of failing to try, we might not fail, but it might be better than failing to matter. When fear of failure is overtaken by the fear of failing to try, while we might not fail, it might be better than failing to matter. Wow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fail to matter. <laughs> yeah, I just love this quote because I think it talks so much about how sometimes you just have to jump and do whatever you want to do. I think sometimes you must be ready to challenge yourself. I have to say, I think a lot of the people who are successful or who are so happy with their lives right now were not thinking about playing it safe i think everything that is worth doing will be uncomfortable everything that is worth doing will challenge you and you have to dig deeper than you might have ever thought and i think that's why i've been so happy to be an athlete all my life because that's one thing sports has taught me it's taught me those values to be outgoing to challenge myself to be comfortable with pain to be comfortable with maybe people i or personality types i'm not really fond of it's the small things that I think being an athlete really helps. One thing I really want to talk about is imposter syndrome. I think for me, I, I mentioned this in an article I published on LinkedIn about my first day of my internship. You know, no matter what achievement I get, I always have that feeling that am I as good as I think I am? Do I fit in with the crowd? It's that constant imposter syndrome that comes. Of course, it's defined differently. So my first day of my internship, I was just there and I was excited, excited to be working with a dream company. Never would I have thought that I would be at the LPGA headquarters as I would have desired when I was younger. So my first day, I really was nervous because I thought, 
wow, what if I'm not who they expect me to be? What if I'm not as great? What if I don't do the job? Wow, what if I don't even like the job? And I think those are normal feelings. But one thing I had to tell myself is the moment I lack enthusiasm or I feel myself with doubt, I'm sometimes taking away from that opportunity. And that's something I had to learn because when you take away from your opportunities, you're taking away from them. No one else is. So one thing that I do to push myself out of my comfort zone, and because I'm generally interested to know people's stories, I make time to talk with so many people at lunch, to ask about their journey, ask about what they wish they had known when they were in college, ask how they got through and made it to such a successful career, what drives them to be who they are. And let me tell you, when you take time to talk to people, find out their stories, there is so much value because you learn so much. And I think especially because we're growing up in a generation that is so different from people in their 30s and 40s now, when they're in their 30s and 40s, the social pressure was so different. We have so much pressure now that I think sometimes we don't even know who to seek advice from because we feel like people who are older don't get us. But I tell you, they have some of the best advice you might ever need. So definitely, I would say challenge yourself to talk to people. That's something I did, and I really enjoyed it. And you make such great relationships with people because not only do they share their story, they get to learn more about you. And I have to say, being from a different country completely, there's always so much I have to share from my perspective, educating people on coming from Zimbabwe, which is in Africa, and just sharing more about what drives me to be here. I think it's always shocking when I tell people I play golf and they wonder what got me into the sport. Because, of course, we're a golf organization. But we didn't have, we had some interns who, who weren't very fond of golf and never played golf. And that still challenged me differently. And that still helped me distinguish myself and who I was. One thing I definitely want to mention that I think will help a lot of people is just to look at how they feel. I think a lot of times we don't self-reflect. We don't look at, do we feel happy? Do we feel upset? How are we feeling in those moments? So I think self-reflection is so important, whether you journal you write out how you feel, you talk to people, identify, do you feel burnt out? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel happy? And I have to say one thing I learned for myself is with my internship and all the events I've been to, I have found so much more interest in the golf industry, in the sports industry, in speaking to people, in having the opportunity to be at speaking engagements. That's something that I have completely loved. And without challenging myself to get out there even though I had self-doubt I wouldn't have learned that I love those things and this is why I think you have to be ready to get out of the box because when you're in the box life is so safe that it's boring and that's what I personally believe and really one thing I want to say is when you identify how you feel you then know what's toxic and what's not toxic so the last thing I just want to say to everyone when I'm talking about self-belief and imposter syndrome is remember to celebrate yourself. I think that's one thing I didn't do for a long time. I think it's almost saying to yourself, oh, I was awarded this, so I got this, but I'm supposed to do that, or it's expected of me. But when you do that, I think you take away from the experience and you're almost not happy. So that's where I think identifying how you feel comes in. Celebrate yourself celebrate so there's so many ways whether it's a short vacation i personally am not into doing something that expensive frequently or even doing that but i do small things like for me going skydiving was something i wanted to do for years and i finally did it which was a way of celebrating everything i've done this year and 
probably the end of last year, I'm feeling excited and happy, you know, to see something off my bucket list. But you might decide you want to go golfing, you want to go to Top Golf, you would like to go shopping. I wouldn't advise that all the time. But yeah, I definitely want to say celebrate yourself, be happy. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you guys. But I just want to say to anyone that is out there still doubting their abilities, doubting if they should write a book, doubting if they should start a business, go to an event, I just want to tell you that the time is now. Just don't hold yourself back. I feel like don't say no to yourself. Let them or the situation say no to you because after that experience, you will learn more than by limiting yourself. So yeah, thank you everyone for joining Twin Talks Time today. This is your host, Daniela. I've had a good time speaking with you guys. If you ever have suggestions on what we should speak on, any ideas of what you want to hear, feel free to message me, connect with me on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Snapchat, anywhere I'm available. Thank you so much, everyone.